This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. And now, a Business Radio special, Black Friday. A look at what it's meant traditionally, with a focus on what it means today, and analysis of how successful it might be this year for retailers and consumers. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, here are your hosts, Barbara Kahn and Dave Reebstein. Hello, and welcome to Business Radio's Black Friday special here on Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing. And perhaps you recognize my voice from the Marketing Matters program that I co-host and airs live on Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm really excited for the first time ever to be teaming up with my colleague and fellow business radio host, Dave Reepstein to host this special. Dave is the William Stewart Woodside Professor of Marketing here at Wharton, and he hosts Measured Thoughts on Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, Dave. Hey, Barbara. <laughs> you know, we've been teaming up. This is not our first time. We've on the been, radio. Oh, okay, this is our first time <laughs> on the radio, but we've been teaming up for more years than either yeah, one of us right, are willing to admit. Right, right. We have been colleagues but, for a long time. We, we have been, but it'll be fun to be on the air with you today. Yeah, I I, I I think it's weird that we have two marketing programs on our show, but obviously there's a lot of interest in marketing ideas, right? There, well, we'll find out. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But you come in just, just for two seconds. I know we don't have a lot of time, but what's the perspective of your show? Because our show is just on branding and retail, and what does Measured Thoughts do? So Measured Thoughts, primarily what it is we look at is what it is you spend on marketing and how you try and capture that and know that it's really worth it. So that's going to be really relevant for Black Friday when Absolutely. people are trying to make a lot of price deals. And, and, and they're running all these promotions. And is it really worth it? Yeah. And so the whole idea, have, have you had a show on Black Friday yet? Are any of those issues on price promotions? Is Black Friday dead? Anything like that? Not this year we haven't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if we're ready. It's that time of year. Yeah, it definitely is. So now we're looking at Black Friday. Is Black Friday dead? What about Cyber Monday? How are companies competing with Amazon? Amazon made another big announcement recently that they're going to do free shipping for everybody, not just prime people. So how will people compete with that? And we're going to talk to some really important people whose, my guess, livelihood depends on these decisions. Yeah, I'm sure they're very dependent on Black Friday. But, you know, it's sort of funny you refer to Black Friday being possibly dead. I think it's like Black Month. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah that's what I meant by dead. Yeah. Like it's not just one day. It's practically the whole year. It, it, it <laughs> yeah, seems right. like it. So we have a really interesting show to discuss. Uh, a lot of guests coming on the show today to discuss all of these issues. We have Greg Rebell, who's the chief marketing office at Kohl's. We have Frank Croson, who's going to come in, and he's the senior vice president and head of U.S. marketing at Best Buy. And then we have Marissa Tartan, <laughs> who's the chief marketing officer at Retail Me Not. She's going to discuss the impact discounts have on brands and on consumer behavior. After that, we have Jin Jill Renslow, who's the vice president of business development and marketing at the Mall of America. Have you ever been to the Mall of America? I haven't, but I've had them on my show. Ah. And so, and it's really amazing what they do. Yeah, it's a cool mall. Have I been, actually have, have been yeah. there. Yeah, big Lego town. And uh, then we have an old friend of ours, Suturita Kodali. She's a vice president and principal retail analyst at Forrester. And she's going to cover what's happening online this year. And then Dave and I will reflect on everything we heard. Oh, my gosh. We're, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of reflection. But it's a full program. I can't believe how many guests you, we've got on the program. Yeah. So it's a packed show. It's an important topic, uh, probably one of the most important topics for uh, for retail. And so with that, let's just jump right in and bring on our first guest, which is who is Greg Revell. He's a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer of Kohl's. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hi, Barbara. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on. We're really excited to have you. So... We're going to talk about Kohl's. Kohl's is a big player in uh, Black Friday. Do you want to just start right off and tell us some of the big Black Friday initiatives? I know Kohl's is doing a lot of interesting things to try to compete in this new uh, environment. But let's start particularly with what's on docket for Black Friday. Yeah, but it's obviously Black Friday is, is huge for our all retailers. And, and Kohl's has been well known for a, a long time for having a big presence on Black Friday. So. Believe it or not, we've actually been preparing for almost a year. We started on our Black Friday plan um, back in January, and, and we're feeling we're feeling pretty good. Um, That's good. You, wait, you mean you just go? It's just a year-round thing because it goes from when it finished last year to all the way to this year. It's just all, all Black Friday. That's exactly right. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we start recapping the holiday really right after the new year, and 
and then it take it literally takes months and months to kind of get the plan together. So it's it's almost like your your baby being born. We've been working on it for so long. It's it's great to finally be here. Well, let let me ask you what Dave asked. Is Black Friday still one day or is it, you know, you're talking about working on it for a year, but you're still talking about your one day um, promotions, or are you talking about it as a bigger holiday? It's, I think what's interesting about Black Friday, it, it, it is actually bigger and better than ever. Just If you just look at the sales volumes across the industry, um, it continues to get bigger and bigger every year. Um, I think what's, what's changed a little bit is, is there's a lot more buildup to Black Friday these days than there was before. You know, in other words, you know, a, lot of con- a lot of consumers would kind of start thinking about it right before Thanksgiving, and, and that's when retailers sort of ramped up a lot of the promotion around it. But it started actually way back in October. You start having these ad leaks. Um, ours was on November 1st. We had this huge media event uh, in New York City. Um, we released our uh, Black Friday ad. You can find it on Kohl's.com as well as a whole bunch of websites that have sprouted up over the years. Um, and then we, we do a lot of promotion of specific deals in advance of Black Friday as well. So the idea behind Black Friday um, it's it certainly, you know, it is, it is about one big day, but the calendar supporting it has gotten a lot bigger and a lot more sophisticated. So by the time you've gotten to Black Friday, you actually have a lot of Black Friday deals and, and promotions that have happened. So I, I'm not a big shopper myself, so I'm going to have to confess a little bit of ignorance on this or a lot of ignorance on it, which is, it, 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 do you do deep discounts on that one day? Is that what, what it's all about? Or how long of a period do those discounts run? Yeah, they typically... they're. Th- they are typically deeper on, um, really, on Thursday and that Friday. So uh-huh. one, of the, nice. one of the innovations a few years ago was another retailer started opening up on Thursday. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. When does Black Friday start? So you're telling us on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it really starts. It's really kind of Black Thursday and Friday. Now. So it's so it extended a few more hours. And, you know, different retailers have tried different times. Some have been open all day on Thursday. That That's sort of gone by the wayside. Now it seems like most of us are, are opening um, right around kind of the middle to the end of Thanksgiving dinner. You know, some people have dinner early, and so we can attract some of those customers. But it really extends. The idea is after your Thanksgiving dinner, a lot of people want to start shopping. Um, sure. It also goes online <laughs> as well. That's what I was going to ask you. So what do you have online? Do you have a Cyber Monday, or how does that work to Black Friday and starting on Thursday? Is it all going on at the same time? How do you yeah, make those distinctions? Every So every day is a little different. Um, we think of, in terms of our calendar, we have a, a lead up to Black Friday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have a whole bunch oh of deals. God, it keeps growing. Yeah, it's growing. Then, <laughs> yeah, it keeps growing. That's exactly right. Um, because people, in reality, people are thinking about shopping the entire period. It's not like people just sort of wake up on, on Thursday and decide, hey, I want to start shopping for the holidays. They're actually shopping now. Um, and so you want to be ready sort of throughout the season. Um, but it starts, yeah, starts Monday. We, we have a number of deals Monday through Wednesday. And then um, we go online for Black Friday, Thursday, online Friday as well. And then the stores open up. As so you, you do know how conf- you're confusing Dave, who do- confesses he doesn't know how to shop. So this is Black Friday that starts on Thursday, except maybe it starts on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I suspect, it, <laughs> I suspect on Friday it doesn't end because then we've got all those people that are shopping going right up until Christmas. So the idea is just excitement about different items. And, and special deals it's not as much about the day or well the, the idea is you have your very best offers um typically you, you call them door, door busters okay um, and we have those really starting on thursday and they go through friday okay um, that's for and, sure and black spoke, friday actually opened up on five o'clock on thursday sorry okay, I said, okay. I think that's and, and do you make money on those deals or is it to bring people in and you end up it's the cross-selling that ends up happening on the other items in the store we really we look at it over the course of the whole season, um, and what we found is that customers often they'll come in one day, and our objective is for you to come back um, later in the season as well. So, so for us, we love to have a whole bunch of customers come in um, really Black Friday and then come back Cyber Week or come back in December. Um, and so we, we don't really look at it as, as, as any single day. So let's also talk about exactly back to Dave's originally question, original question. Exactly what is offered on Black Friday? So you get some deep discounts. Do you also have different items, like some things that are specially brought in for Black Friday? We do. Yeah. There's there's essentially we have a whole promotion calendar that has different product categories and different individual products promoted on different days. So that's why it pays off to kind of watch us every day because we might have something for sale now, for example that we might not have for sale um, again for the rest of the season. So I've got another real question about this, though, (laughs) trying to figure out. I've never understood why people stand in line. That's the fun of it. (laughs) Do do you run out of inventory, so you need to get there early before you run out of inventory, so you've got limited stock, or what's what's the deal with that? 
Yeah, they're, they're, oftentimes the deepest deals, they do go pretty fast. So the, the folks that typically are there in line, um, they're, they're there for what we call doorbusters, and they usually are in limited quantities. Um, sometimes they, they run out in less than an hour. More often than not, they're there for, for a couple hours, um, and sometimes even into the next day. But the idea is for those really, really hot deals, um, those tend to get snapped up pretty fast. And what are they typically? Are they electronics, toys? What kind of things do you typically have as doorbusters? Um, it's really across the board. I would say electronics is probably the most traditional. Um, and so uh, we've got a great camera, for example, that we expect to sell really well. Um, televisions, Fitbits, uh, things like that. But you also get into the home area, you know, things like Instant Pots, um, some mm. of the core items. And then our, one of our big teams is, is, is Cozy this year. We want, we want to be the destination for Cozy apparel and home. Um, and we have a number of great items there as well. So we really compete across the board. Um, I'd say electronics probably gets a lot of the, the, the press on it, but there's a lot of other good deals as well. And so can we talk a little bit just about a Kohl's general strategy? Because you've been doing some pretty interesting things. Like, for example, uh, you are allowing Amazon returns. How is that? How has that worked, and how is that going to play out in Black Friday? Amazon returns? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting um, partnership that we struck with them uh, about a year ago where we had essentially the insight that um, one, one of our major goals is to drive traffic. And um, what we surmise is that Amazon had a lot of people that needed to do returns. So Amazon has, um, you know, tons and tons of customers, obviously, um, and it's not always convenient for them to go to a post office or a UPS store, et cetera, to return their items. That's one of the big friction points for them. Um, and a lot of those customers um, might not be, uh, they might not know Kohl's very well. So, um, so we work together on a partnership whereby as, a, as an Amazon customer, you can come to Kohl's, um, return essentially an un- box item, we'll actually box it up for you and get it back to Amazon. Um, and we also have in a number of stores as well, Amazon shops. So we have these Amazon experience shops where you can um, look for Echoes and a bunch of other great products from them um, as a way to sort of bring, introduce customers in a physical way to some of Amazon's um, products. And together, we think it's, it's great for, for both companies. Have you been measuring the increases in traffic? Have you seen that play out? Um, we are not talking about the results oh. as of yet, um, <laughs> okay. but uh, yeah, we're certainly measuring it, and uh, and we've had it going for for a little bit more than a year. Well, when when you talk about increase in traffic, I was sort of interested in increase of people coming back, they're bringing their gifts, and then are they staying there right, in Kohl's and buying right. things? And, that's I guess the idea. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's exactly the idea. So you you come in, and and especially for customers um, of Amazon's that that don't know Kohl's very well, a lot of times it's your first experience with us. So. Um, what we'll typically do is, is you'll return your item and you'll actually get a discount from Kohl's and you can either use it on that very trip um, or you can come back uh, in a future visit. Are you going to allow that to be happening on Black Friday? Because I assume you're going to have incredible traffic in the store and then if people are just, in addition, bringing back all their Amazon returns, you may not have enough room in the store for all the people. I, you know, I, I, it's a great question. We, it's, al- it's always open. It's not something we turn on and off. It's an everyday proposition. Um, I would suspect that on Black Friday, people are going to be more in the mood for shopping than, than returning, but we'll be open uh, regardless. So I'm really curious, um, have, have you started to see the decline in Black Friday because of all the move towards uh, online shopping and, uh, and there's more and more sort of going away from the stores? What's happening with that? I'd actually, I'd say it's the other way. I think the, one of the really interesting things over the last few years is how prevalent social media has become in the overall shopping experience. Um, and so, if, if anything, um, social media has amplified the importance of Black Friday and, and, and Cyber, Cyber Monday as well. I mean, it's, it's a huge cultural phenomenon. And... Uh, and so, if anything, I'd say there's more interest now than, than ever before. Well, you know, Black, there are a lot, we're, this is a Black Friday show, and that is what we're interested in. But we've also seen evidence, Dave and I have been in this business for a long time, and we've been watching the holiday season. And the other big days, like the day before Christmas or something like that, for the last-minute people or people who are waiting for... That's for, me. That's me. Okay. <laughs> so so what, are you, what, how do you play those two things off? What's the difference between Black Friday, the day before Christmas, and what's your promotional strategy for the rest of the holiday season? We, well, what we find is that um, what people shop for and how they shop actually changes a little bit over the season. Um, so in the early part, what you're really trying to do is find that, that terrific gift. You're often going, you know, for, for your mom or your kid or your, your spouse, et cetera. Um, this is where you're doing a lot of thinking, and you want to get that perfect thing. Um, and so oftentimes it's really item-focused. 
Um, and then later in the season, what typically happens is you've kind of gotten through a lot of your big ideas, but by the time you get in the last couple of weeks, a lot of times you're scrambling a little and bit. And you're a little you, panicked, huh? Yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to fill out your... That, so maybe that's you me again. You've you got to fill out the second half. And so that's where you're actually more looking for ideas and looking for more of a one-stop shop where you can, you can cross, most of your, uh, cross up most of your list. So the shopping pattern is actually pretty different. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, the other thing I read about Black Friday and holiday shopping in general is you go with the best of intentions to buy gifts for all your loved ones, but you end up buying a lot of stuff for yourself. Do you see that kind of thing happening? Uh, def- definitely happens. Um, <laughs> we estimate about half of holiday shopping is what we call self-gifting. Um, oh, nice. Cause a lot of, well, first of all, the deals are great, as, as you guys have pointed out. And so um, if you were saving up for something, now is a great time to buy for yourself in addition to your, to your friends and family. So we've, um, we've talked about this sort of the extension of it all the way up to Christmas. I'm wondering about whether the period after Christmas, when the returns start coming in, if that actually is a, a, a revenue generator as well, because I'm returning things, I'm getting credits, and then I shop the store again. Yeah, and in particular, gift cards, right? So gift cards are, are a huge gift, um, as they have been for many years. And so you have a lot of people that they might have close cash, for example. That's something that we do uniquely. Um, so a lot of people want to redeem that. Um, but also gift cards that you've gotten over the course of the season. And so um, that's pretty much all self-gifting, of course. And so we really focus on, you know, what is it that, that you want to spend that money on right after the holiday? And we have clearance sales and other things, too, that tend to attract a lot of shoppers. So just a little bit now more general. So there's been stories about how you're going to start partnering with Aldi. Has that started yet? Um, yeah, we are. We, I'd say we are early in that process. Essentially what we're doing is we have a whole bunch of stores um, that are, frankly, a little bit larger than we need. Um, and so what we're doing is reaching out to a number of partners. Um, Aldi is, is a great example uh, where we're essentially subletting them space within a cold store. And it's great for the customer because they can obviously get um, their groceries and have coals sort of right there. It's also a great traffic driver, very similar to um, our thought process on Amazon. So the whole idea is to really consolidate the number of trips so you can take, take care of two things at once. But, like, I don't suppose there's a lot of Black Friday activity in grocery, is there? No, I would, I would say probably not. No, <laughs> yeah. that's more of, a, more of an everyday for us. And, and, so that's and just going to be something. Strategy. While they're there waiting online, they can go into Aldi and buy sandwiches or something. <laughs> yes, that's not so much the idea. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really curious on, on trying to think about the, the financial impact of Black Friday. Do you depress – does Black Friday sort of depress the sales that happen going into Black Friday? That is, people are deferring some of their purchases that they normally would have made? And do you see any of that? And do you, do you sort of account for that when you're thinking about what's the impact of Black Friday? I would, you know, I would say what we, we, we look at the calendar, we look at week by week, um, and we do find that the, the biggest um, shopping weeks of the year are that Black Friday week as well as um, the one immediately before Christmas. So I don't know if people necessarily delay their shopping, but it is a really huge week. A lot of people come out for the first time uh, to take advantage of some of those deals. Okay, well, sounds like Coles has a great strategy in place, and you're, you didn't talk that much. We don't have very much time, maybe 30 seconds more. If there's anything particular you're doing online that's different this year. Yeah, I'd say what we're really focused on, um, one is Coles Cash. And so what we've done essentially made it really easy to know what you're earning and know what you can redeem your Coles Cash on through our e-commerce uh, properties, whether it's our app as well as our, um, our mobile site. And, uh, and also, we track all your coupons and discounts for you as well. So we've made huge enhancements to the digital experience, not just so you shop online, but to help that store purchase process as well. Well, that's really interesting, Greg Ravel. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. Great. Yeah, great to be here. Appreciate it, Barbara. And, and great to, uh, great to, talk, to both, talk to you both today. Thank yeah, you. Good luck with Cole's holiday shopping, Black Friday, that starts on Thursday but goes through Monday. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and if you want to learn more about Greg and what they're doing at Cole's this year, you can go to Coles.com or follow them on Twitter at Coles. You're listening to Business Radio's Black Friday special here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 132. And now we're moving on to specialty retailers, and we're really happy to welcome Frank Croson. He's a senior vice president and head of U.S. marketing at Best Buy. Hello, Frank. Oh, hi. How are you? So this is an exciting time of the year for you, and Best Buy has been doing crazy things, all sorts of stuff, lots of strategic initiatives at Best Buy, right? 
That is correct. Yeah, it's been a great time to be at Best Buy. Yeah, it's really fun. I think your your numbers are doing well, and you're doing well against uh, Amazon. And actually, you have a partnership with Amazon too. Do you still have that partnership? We do. Yes. Um, uh, you know, we have a, a pretty significant partnership, both through sort of selling uh, Amazon hardware um, in our stores, um, as well as the the partnership that you're probably referring to, um, which is, you know, uh, selling uh, the the Amazon Fire platform uh, embedded in, in the televisions that uh, that we're selling in stores and online. We're going to get into your, best, uh, your Black Friday strategy, but before we do it, one of the things, Best Buy was, I don't know, a couple of years ago, everybody was feeling really sorry for Best Buy because of the showrooming phenomenon where people would go into Best Buy right, and right. look at all this stuff and then go buy on Amazon. But you managed to solve that problem, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a phenomenon that, that, of course, has been talked about for a long time. And, and if you've listened to any of the interviews that our CEO, Yubero Jolie, has done uh, in, the, in the last few years, he talks a lot about really coming in and getting focused on, on first of all, price matching, um, and then just making sure that once our prices were right, that our, that our uh, fantastic associates in the stores um, were armed with all the tools that they needed to just really make sure that people knew. Do you match the prices? If they were looking at a product, uh, at a product at a Best Buy store, that Best Buy was the best place to buy it. And and it automatically you're matching the prices, or does the customer have to ask for? Yeah, we it? have that conversation with the customer, and um, and where we see the prices uh, are there to be matched or lower somewhere else, we we match them. So, um, what are you doing special for Black Friday? Wow, you know, and how do you define Black Friday? Is it on Thursday also? Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. So yes, it starts as, at, on Thursday. We open uh, we open Thursday uh, at five o'clock um, for our customers. But boy, I don't know. I've been in retail uh, my whole career, and this definition is definitely a moving target. <laughs> so um, we we just sort of define the season as important and an awesome part of the year, um, and we don't get too hung up on how we define it. But yes, we open on Thursday. Um, with great deals leading up to that Thursday um, and really throughout the season. And I got to figure most of your door busters are electronics, right? <laughs> yes, by and large, uh, they're mostly electronics focused. Um, tons of TVs, tons of laptops, tablets, phones. But I would say, you know, one of the cool things about our offering at Best Buy really over the years is just the, the capabilities we've, been, we've built across uh, an even wider variety of categories. Um, so of note, um, we're, we're quite a bit heavier into even uh, the toy category this year, um, carrying things like everything from, you know, Barbies to Nerf guns. Oh, really? Um, you got Barbies really cool at Best toys. Buy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you should be asking about Barbies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're shocking. <laughs> Have you had Barbies there before? I don't remember seeing them. You know, it's been a category that we've been growing um, really thoughtfully over the over the last few years, and you know, starting with the real sort of electronic centric yeah. um, products, drones, and and uh, you know maybe RC cars and what have you. But really, as we've seen, that our customers are are really looking for that and 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 enjoy buying that type of product from us. Um, we've grown that assortment uh, assortment substantially. Has that been? Uh, have you been a benefactor of Toys R Us going out of business? Yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's, I'm sure a million ways to crunch the numbers, but um, certainly the, there, there was uh, a demand going there, and it was a place folks went to buy toys, um, and so there's, there's probably open volume in the market there. Um, by and large, we're just sort of responding to what we know our customers are looking for from us. I'm just curious that this is an anecdotal extension, and I wonder how generalizable it is. But in my family, I shop at the mall, and my husband shops at Best Buy. Do you tend to have have uh, more masculine customers uh, in Best Buy and on Black Friday? No, I mean, I think that, that our demographics are pretty uh, reflective of, of the, uh, the sort of category at large um, from a male to female standpoint. And frankly, we know that a lot of what's being purchased is being purchased for the family. So um, we certainly don't take a, a, a point of view or perspective that leans too far one direction or the other from a male-female standpoint. We really focus on sort of our core customer who loves technology, loves to learn about what's new, and, and really kind of wants that little extra help to decide what's right for them and, and sort of help them enjoy it. Um, I think actually one of the dynamics that's, that's really key 
uh, as we think about our holiday strategy and our holiday marketing approach for this year, you mentioned shopping at the mall. We're really trying to drive home that message. One of our key messages for our holiday campaign is around the fact that you can really, given what I mentioned earlier about you know this breadth of categories that, that we're in, you really can bring your whole shopping list of sort of gift recipients to Best Buy and beyond just you know getting that hot price TV or or tablet or mobile phone, um, you really can find something for everybody. I mentioned toys. We have a ton of different small appliances, um, really just uh, a ton of great fun stuff uh, across all kinds of categories. And like I said, you know, uh, I've said to the team a lot of times, I got to tell you, if, if I knew uh, the person who drew my name in the Secret Santa was going to Best Buy for all their gifts, I'd be a happy guy. <laughs> So I, probably you don't want to talk about this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a question that Dave was saying. Is One of the things we teach our MBA students is when you have deep discounts on some categories, maybe you don't have as deep discounts on other categories, anticipating that some of the deep discounts will draw the people into the store, and while they're there, they may buy other kinds of items. A lost leader. Yeah, that right. kind of notion. So are you doing any – I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but are you doing any – so people may come in for the big deal, the doorbuster. And maybe the deals aren't quite as intense on some of the other options, but there'd be other things for them to buy, and hopefully, you're hoping they will? Or do you think they just buy the deep discounts on Black Friday? No, I mean, ultimately, we just try to have the right price for, for the right products that people are looking for. And so some products, you know, will have deeper discounts than others at any given time. Um, but by and large, we're really just looking to, to put some exciting offers out there that folks are, are pumped to come in and find at Best Buy. And frankly, um, you know, once you're in the store, of course, there's a million things um, that would be also interesting to you. And some of those will, will be on sale as well. So um, we really, I mean, we just kind of take a, an overall approach of putting the best deals out there that we can put out there to, to get folks excited and give them what they're looking for for the holidays. If I were a shopper, how would I do my planning to know you know when it is you're going to be offering what? Because I know I'm going to go and I want to get a new phone or I know I want to get a television. How, how do I do, sort of anticipate when those deals are going to be running? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that, that part of that is, is to know that we have fantastic prices every day and, and we do match competitive prices. So part of that is developed just to to take some of that guesswork out of there. And I think that if you come in every day, you know you're going to get a good price. We do have deals um, throughout the season uh, at a variety of times. But I think you can feel pretty confident coming in any given time between the everyday prices, the sales, and that price matching policy that I talked about um, that you're, you're, you're going to get the right price. So what? So how are you com- early and often? Is my okay. Answer. Right. That's how you <laughs> yeah. How are you complementing all of the stuff in the store with your online strategy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we think about um, the whole ecosystem is working together. So certainly, don't think about an online strategy distinct and separate from an in-store How strategy. How 1999 that would yeah, be. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I don't know if you were going for the Prince reference there, but I'm from <laughs> Minneapolis, so I'll pick it up. Um, yes, it would be very 1999. But um, yeah, no, I mean, we think about it all working together, and all of our research and data tells us time and time again that people aren't shopping one or the other, and in fact, even in the same purchase journey, are making multiple trips in-store and online, especially in categories like ours, um, to really make sure that they understand um, what they're what they're looking for and what choice they want to make in terms of what they're going to buy, um, obviously that the the combination of having great um, sort of ability to to um, fuel research and help folks with research um, online and make purchases online, but then also having that expert advice and just a fantastic folks so in the blue shirts there to, to if help you're people trying out to, when they come in. If you're trying to do this omni-channel strategy, are you trying to get people to log into your app? And if so, how do you encourage them to do that while they're in the store? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that again, we kind of anchor back to providing whatever tools we think will be most useful for customers. And so if they choose to use the app, we have a great app experience. If they choose to shop uh, via mobile web or desktop web, we have a fantastic experience there. And then, of course, our stores are, are second to none. And so uh, we really try to, you know, um, be where the customer wants us to be with the right experience. And so it's not really isolated necessarily to driving to dri- trying to drive a ton of volume into the 
the app or trying to drive a ton of volume um, online or in stores is just being there for our customers. So in, in the current era with all the analytics, uh, when somebody buys something online, you instantaneously know that if they bought something, that here's some other things that they might be interested in as well. How do you bring that sort of analytic mentality to the uh, what's happening within the store and with the clerks being able to help that, oh, if they bought this, let me take you over to this next aisle because you may need a speaker now. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, obviously that's one of the most exciting parts about being a marketer right now um, is, you know, I, w- when, I spoke, when I speak to panels of, of folks like those in your classes, I often say, they ask me what's my favorite part of my job, and, and I'll often say the fact that I get to, to go from one meeting at 9 a.m. where I'm, I'm geeking out about analytics and, and yeah. just like the complexity there and popping into the next room at 10 o'clock and, you know, reviewing creative, and that's sort of the best part about my job, I think, and and at the same time, um, one of the things that makes marketing so complex right now. And so um, you'll see, you know, to answer your question, you'll see as you shop our website in real time, um, recommendations and complimentary items popping up as folks shop for specific items and put them in their carts. Um, and you'll see us doing that and, and the folks in the blue shirts uh, doing that in our stores as well, uh, really understanding while they may specialize in one area, really understanding um, the different products throughout the store and really what human needs those products solve. And so um, they're highly trained and, and fantastic at understanding where different products may work together um, and, and helping people make the best decision to kind of outfit their life the best way possible. We're chatting with Frank Croson, who's the head of U.S. marketing at Best Buy, and he's telling us about some of his Black Friday strategies. But I'm also interested in, uh, you're doing stuff with having people get into the homes, and what do you, can you talk about any of that home strategy, what you're doing on that, on that side? Yeah, so um, so this is a relatively uh, relatively new, although we've been testing it for quite some time and rolled it out last year. Um, but essentially, um, anyone, any customer can uh, sign up for a free in-home consultation um, from a Best, home, Best Buy in-home advisor, and we'll come to your house. And, and really, you know, what we kind of say is no job is too big, no job is too small, but we really kind of walk through the house and understand what you're trying to accomplish and talk through what's possible with you um, from any any variety of standpoints, whether that's, you know, new appliances in your kitchen, making sure that you understand the size and space that you have and, and picking the right things to suit your needs, where you want your TV, how you want it wired, how you want it connected to your audio system, um, your your home network, and, and making sure your Wi-Fi is working to support all those devices. It's it's a free service and one that we are having a ton of success it's with. It's free, huh? Yeah, to, yeah, that yeah. sounds fantastic. I, lo- I love yeah. that. Yeah, Boy, could, could I use you? <laughs> right now. Yeah, because you buy all these crazy new electronics on Black Friday or holiday season, and then you got all this stuff in your house you have no idea how to make work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's it. You know, we think about the in-home consultation as sort of the pre-purchase conversation, but then an ongoing relationship. And so we see time and time again that you know what starts with a question about what might be right for my home uh, may lead to a purchase, but even more importantly, leads to a great relationship that we have um, with customers on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I mean, I've read a lot about that strategy, and just from you know from a strategic point of view, it seems pretty smart to develop that relationship with your customer um, and have. Uh, Best Buy not only be the the store they go to, but as you said, the relationship for thinking about all things electronic uh, across the board. That is correct. Yeah, and it is a good way to compete against Amazon because although I think Amazon's trying to do the same thing at some point, but you have a head start, I think, on this kind of strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think we anchor back to just like uh, you know, my entire marketing strategy is is built around our number one sort of most differentiating asset, which is our people. And so we think about just the fantastic folks that we have, both in stores and building all of our digital experiences, and we try to leverage that however we possibly can. And so, yeah, the in-home consultation is a fantastic example of that. So are you guys building new stores, uh, making your store plan smaller? What, what's, what are you doing with your physical footprint? You know, we opened um, just, why well, it was two weeks ago, I think, um, our first store in quite some time uh, in Salt Lake City. Um, and so, uh, obviously, uh, we feel fantastic about our store footprint, um, the locations that we have, um, and we've been, we've been really sort of 
um, in a good spot as far as that goes. Um, and then when you think about the footprint overall, you know, I think you walk into a Best Buy store and you see that that um, the space is well used and uh, there's a lot of really great stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that we often quote is that 70% of Americans live within 15 minutes of a Best wow. Buy store. So wow. when you think about that, that, that footprint, yeah. we feel like we're in the right places. And, um, you know, there's always um, evaluation happening about size of individual stores. But by and large, I think you go into one of our stores and, and we feel really good about the assortment um, that sits within that and what we can display and how we can show folks so all even the with best the, attributes of all the different products. Even with all this home service and online, you're still bullish on physical stores? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a it is an absolutely essential and huge part of our strategy is the in-store presence. And so, you know, I spoke earlier about it's not one or the other. It's it's really how do you create the suite of omni-channel experiences that are best best for the customer, and, and stores is a huge part of that. So, Frank, I've got a question for you about sort of how you're assessing whether or not Black Friday is really working, and and in particular. Um, are you sort of monitoring it hour by hour and then knowing whether or not you need to make a, an adjustment? And how early does that happen? So are you doing that on Thursday or maybe even before that? And are there any adjustments that are sort of made, you know, real time? Yeah, so absolutely there are. You know, we joke that a lot of people will ask me, like, when do you start working on holiday? When do you start working on Black Friday? Um, and the real reality is, I'm, you know, our teams are never not working on the holiday season, whether that's monitoring real-time in-season, what's working and what's not, um, recapping in January and building the plan throughout the year. Um, we're always working on it. Now, I would say um, one of the things, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I've been – I've been in retail for for 20 years now, um, and generally holiday-centric retail. And um, one of the things I'd say has definitely evolved over the years is just how much you can adjust on the fly. And so the necessity that we're sort of working and cognizant of what's happening in the business around the clock is really, really essential, you know, and that's not just in the stores, that's everywhere as, you know, we're managing uh, our website and making sure that's working in the best way possible for customers. We're managing our marketing plans um, and steering into the things that are working or not. So, so yeah, I mean, it starts as soon as, it, uh, as the deals kick off in that pre-Black Friday time frame, um, really happens all throughout the season. That sounds great. Frank Croson, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And if you're interested in keeping up with what's happening at Best Buy, head to BestBuy.com or follow them on Twitter at Best Buy. We've been talking to some retailers about how they plan to offer heavy discounts on particular products to drive traffic to their stores and online. So we thought it would be interesting now to take a look at how these discounts impact the brands themselves. Joining us in this discussion is Marissa Tarleton, who's the CMO of Retail Me Not, and they've commissioned a study on this very topic. Hello, Marissa. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So let's go pedal it back a little bit and tell me what it means to be the CMO of Retail Me Not. What's Retail Me Not? Sure, yeah. Well, Retail Me Not is a savings destination that connects consumers with discounts, deals, and coupons on basically all of their shopping needs. Uh, we started that as a mostly a website, driving online discounts and deals to every major retailer in the United States. Um, And over the last four or five years, we've also built up a pretty big app that helps drive in-store discounts. So think of us as a a savings companion for the shopper. And as you can imagine, Black Friday and Cyber Monday is a really big huge area for for you. So Um, what's your revenue model? Who pays you? Or the the brands pay you for for this service? Or exactly, retailers and brands pay us for access to a very high intent shopper that's already on our website and in our app. And it's a very price-sensitive shopper. That, well, it's not necessarily price sensitive. It's a consumer that likes to not necessarily pay full price. So they're buying a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty similar. <laughs> 
Okay, we'll take your difference. Cheap. There's a difference between cheap and looking for a great deal. Okay. Um, and, and, and over 75% of consumers are actually looking for a great deal or discount before they buy. So it's a really helpful promotional tool for retailers to think about that discount or promotion as they go into a period of time like this one. So like thinking about discounts and promotions is kind of the antithesis of building brands. So is, is the purpose of this study uh, to find out how these discounts affect brand equity? No, not necessarily. And I, I actually think that, you know, there is some debate about the role of discounts and coupons on brands, but there's more and more interesting ways to offer an incentive or a promotion to a consumer that does not have an impact on the brand in a negative way. Cashback can do that, get a free offer with a purchase, even a, a gift card with purchase. Think about promotions a little bit more broadly, and that's the space we're in. We're not just a coupon company. We're one that provides promotions and incentives for consumers as a way to get them over the hump. And most consumers need that as a way to differentiate when they're out and about buying you know, hundreds of, hundreds of dollars around the um, holiday period. So you're giving them a reason, a tangible reason to buy this product over another product. It's not necessarily a price discount, but it's in that kind of short-term hit idea. That's correct. So, okay, so you ran this study. So what exactly was the study? What was the sampling? Who did you sample? What was the purpose of the study? And what did you find? Uh, sure. First, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get to the findings. But first I want to see if I'm going to believe you. <laughs> so there's a few things we do, especially going into the holidays. One, we have access to a tremendous amount of first-party data that looks historically at what consumers want to buy and what they actually purchase during the holiday period of time. So we have a sense of what type of promotions retailers are using and how consumers engage with them. We also then do our own um, survey data that goes to actually specifically look at how much consumers plan to spend, where they plan to spend it, and what influences their shopping behavior during that period of time. So there's a few things that we're That sounds learning. pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I so. would think this is valuable for all the retailers. So you're providing this study to the retailers who want to know the answer to those questions? So we do it so for our own marketing, but also as a value-add to our retail partners so that they can get super smart going into the holiday period of time. So a few interesting things that we've learned um, that, that I thought I'd share. One is that there's almost no stop between back to school and holiday anymore. Wow. So... It, I mean, we. There's actually we two months between those two things, so that's like really a big statement. That's right. So you see, back to school go all the way through September. You have a, a maybe a very brief hiatus, but most consumers are out and about starting to think about the holidays in October. Kind of my behind in, book. <laughs> well, especially in categories like home and garden, right, and holiday planning. Um, so it's it's fascinating. Black Friday is no longer about electronics. Um, and just clothing, it really applies to all categories. So one of the fascinating things is you actually have to be out there in October as consumers start to think about what they're buying. And 60% of consumers are actually starting to shop before November 1st. So October oh is gosh. a very relevant month. Wow. Um, one of the other things we're finding is that mobile is playing a more and more significant role. So not only with millennials actually shopping on their mobile device, but consumers using mobile devices while they're in a store to price compare. So one of the interesting phenomenons for retailers and brands to think about is how can they access a consumer on their mobile device with personal information and offers to help them drive a purchase actually in a store. So, so that how, connection between mobile and in-store. For that purpose, how important is it for the store, the retailer, to get the consumer to log into their particular app? It's, it, so it's fascinating. Most consumers don't have more than nine to ten apps that they use on a regular basis, but most consumers will also gladly give you their information and their phone number if you will give them relevant offers and discounts specific to them while they're out and about shopping. So. You can use your own app to do that, but you can also use a third-party app. Obviously, Retail Me Not is one. Ah. Um, we, we have over 20 million monthly um, active users, so we already have an audience. So for a smaller brand or retailer who may not have a large audience in their app, they partner with companies such as ours for access to our audience while they're out in the mall shopping. Aha, so now I get it. So when they're in the store, they're logged into your app to get those deals, and that's another service you're offering to the retailers and brands. That's correct. So over 60% of our audience has, has given us um, 
their location information, they've opted in. So we can provide personalized information to them as they're out and about shopping. They've already told us what retailers they love. We already know where they are because they've given us that information. It's not something we track, it's opted in. Um, and that allows us to be highly relevant and promotional, especially on a day like Black Friday. That's so, really so interesting. So if I'm in, in Macy's, will you send me an Old Navy uh, discount? To sort of uh, that would give me an appeal to maybe not buy while I'm in Macy's. Oh, that's a great question. It's something we are able to do. We don't always right. do it uh, because we, Macy's is a very valuable customer of ours. Um, yeah, I could say they'd be a little pissed off with yeah. that. <laughs> we have the ability, um, and if I know you love Macy's and you love Old Navy, what I will likely do is as you walk into that mall, I'll provide you with relevant offers at all of your favorite stores as you walk in. And oh, by the way, it's not just food, or not just retail, it's also food um, and dining options that are available at the mall to you based on what you've said you like. So, so ideally, you would not do it with any ones that are, are currently your partners. But if you're in some other store... We really want to be serving you our app to get out of that store and go in now that we know that you're busily shopping for that microwave oven or whatever it is. It's possible, and it's something we have, we've tested absolutely for, for stores um, that are not currently partners of ours. So it's interesting because it puts the level of competition at a different layer. So now you're competing app to app, the partner. And I think one of the words people talk about this is platform marketing. So like what Dave is alluding to, you've got a bunch of partners on your platform, and maybe you're trying to you know make them the, the most business and most money, but there are some people that are not on your platform and you might be competing against them, which suggests there's also other types of apps. People may take your app for promotions. There may be a luxury app that consolidates different kinds of luxury brands or something like that. And so the level of uh, the competition has changed to this app level. Would you say that characterizes a difference in the shopping environment now? Absolutely. I think the way consumers are using apps and, and specifically price comparing on their mobile device while they're in store has totally changed the game of personalization and mobile content. So again, over 70% of consumers say they will not actually close a deal and purchase unless they feel like they're getting a great discount or deal in some way. So price comparison on a mobile device is the number one competitive edge. And if it's personal and unique to where you physically are standing and what you like, even better. Wow. So the majority of people today are looking at uh, at apps and prices when they're in a store. And, it's, and, not and, just, it's not only apps. In some cases, they might actually be on Amazon, right, sure. and, and looking at a variety of different places there. They might be in a Walmart and actually pull up a Walmart website to see if there's a way to actually not bring it home but buy it um, online, and maybe there's a different price price option on the website. The reason why that's really important is, and I think you may have talked about this in the Best Buy conversation, retailers need to be thinking about their in-store and their online strategies as one cohesive omni-channel right. pricing solution because that's how their consumers are shopping. Right, right. So, so what were some of the other... Oh, no, yeah. I, I was just curious. Did you have that number of what percent of, the, of shoppers are actually doing that, doing that price comparison while they're in the store? It's upwards of 60%. Wow. Am I behind the times? <laughs> are, I am missing these discounts. I can't have better co-hosts who go yeah. shopping. America doesn't go shopping either. Well, <laughs> think about, in particular, during the, the, the next four weeks, right? The, these next four weeks are the critical periods for anybody in the retail space, really across all categories. And so specifically during that period of time, price competition and price comparison is a game changer um, and can actually make or break the season for a retailer. So what were some of the other findings that you can share with us? Yeah, so deals are important. Um, it's starting much earlier than we expected. I think one thing that's really interesting is this investment in in-store. So most retailers are concerned about Amazon and how they, how they compete, right? And what, one of the things we're finding is retailers are investing more and more in their stores as a way to differentiate yep. because 70 to 80% plus of, of shopping still happens in a store right. and in-store experiences are so significant and important, especially during this period of time, that we're seeing retailers invest in stores in significant ways. And that's not just tech and personalization and location. It's things like events. It's fashion shows. Right, right. It's influencers and celebrities at the target um, to drive foot traffic and differentiation. And um, so I am so excited to see what happens there. Um, we are also seeing a fascinating thing happening in the toy space. 
Yep. Uh, with the with the um, departure of Toys R Us um, from that business, and the desire for most consumers to actually still go into a store for toys, we're watching um, the likes of Target, Walmart, and Amazon vie for that multi-million, billion-dollar business in toys over the next couple of weeks. We with heard Amazon Best Buy. We heard Best Buy yeah, is Best doing Buy the same thing too. too. So, I like. Mean, Nobody is. I feel I feel like it's everybody going after it. You know, it's interesting, though, you're talking about the stores. What I would argue is some stores are fantastic and other stores I can't wait till they close, like Sears or Jason. No offense to those guys out there. But. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think what's happening is the stores that are getting it right are really getting it right. And the That's stores right. that are not getting it right are going to eventually close. So you're really seeing the bar being raised for what's a That's good right. in-store experience. That's right. I mean, consumers love the store. And I think how the store has changed, it's long overdue. Look at what Restoration is Hardware, hardware do, is doing. You, you can't even buy anything in that store. It's an Uber Showrooming. experience. Yeah. Um, and even in the restaurant space with like Eataly, you, you can see that experience Absolutely. is number one. And retailers that are not keeping up with that in the store are, are ones that are really struggling. But it's really exciting to see because I'm still one that loves to go into a store and have a little fun. I don't want to just transact. I want to explore. I want to learn something new. I want to touch and feel. I want to meet people. So what do you think about this trend towards showrooming? I mean, showrooms like Bonobos or something. So one of the things, you know, of course, Bonobos is, is historically a guide shop. They don't really have inventory. And one of the reasons I read that they did it that way is because Bonobos' claim is that they can fit better than anybody else, so they have all different sizes. And to stock the inventory on stocking that all the time with all that different sizes would be horrendous. So they moved to the showroom model. You go into the physical store, touch and feel, but then you order online. Are you seeing that in general in other, these, in other stores happening? Yeah, I think inventory and fulfillment, especially during this period of time in the season, is a problem for any retailer. If there's high cost for them to have a great deal of inventory um, in a in a space that's costing them more and more. So you're, what you're seeing is this trend towards smaller footprint, um, more showroom type of models, but then most consumers are perfectly happy to buy it from there because they know that in most cases you can get free second-day shipping. Right, and now Amazon retailers. does up that game. Announcing right. free shipping so, to everyone. Yeah. But, I mean, consumers still value immediacy, and that's very much true for millennials. But free shipping and even free second-day shipping is now table stakes. Um, and so it allows a retailer to be more cost-effective in their footprint as well as in their inventory and how they fulfill. So I, I think you'll continue to see that trend. Amazing. Marissa Tarleton, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. And if you want to find out more about Marissa at RetailMeNot.com, um, go there or follow them on Twitter at RetailMeNot. So thanks again, Marissa. This is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.